What it do is your boy LK Hodge. You already know it's D Ward. And we are back with another mental stimulation podcast. As always, I'd like to start with updates, what's been going on in your life, what's been going on in my life. Um, I like when you start. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, just two updates. Uh, one, my other podcast that I do, Two Stupid Virgos, just hit a thousand listeners. 1K. 1K. Uh, shout out to that. And um, my voiceover business is doing pretty well. I'm making some progress. I got new projects out, got new things I'm working on. So I'm very excited about that. That's it for me. Um, What about your trip? Didn't you just take a trip? We're not going to talk about that trip. Oh, well, <laughs> can you just say where you went? And I mean, I went to Daytona, just took a trip to clear my mind in the words of the great Beyonce. Um, some things happened. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah. Um, we we don't have to talk about that this we don't show. Have, we yeah, don't have to. We, we're like, probably I getting just... in, in depth about this actual trip one day. But um, yeah, man, went up there to uh, visit somebody and ended up leaving that somebody to stay with somebody else for the weekend. But it was still great. Could have been better. But that poor girl. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> like I said, it could have been better. And you know, it is what it is. Moving on. Well, with me, not too many updates. I mean, I'm officially on summer vacation. I've been working at the summer camp that I usually work at. Um, I've been subbing though, so I haven't been there for that long. Um. It's an interesting story that happened today. Um, so we was on a bus today. We were going to the pool and it was like a, I told the kids to not touch anything on the bus. I hear a sound <laughs> in the back. I said, who do I have to come back there for? And they pointed at whoever it was. I went back. I said, why you touch stuff? Oh, I didn't do it. Like, so who touched something? Everybody's like him. So I said, get up and let's go. Come sit right here with me. He just sat there. I said, you don't hear me talking to you. Come, come sit over here at me. You're refusing to move. He refused to move. Now, when situations like that happen, it's of teacher, teacher, what do you call it? Nature of teacher nature to do something to scare the child to make them get up. Because, of course, you can't put your hands on them. <laughs> yeah, I'm aware. I said, I'm going to give you three seconds to get up or it's going to be a problem. One, two, three. He didn't move. Oh, shit. So, yeah. He was one of those, <laughs> he was one of those type of kids. So, you're not going to move, sir? He's not saying nothing. Let's go now. He's not moving. Oh, shoot. He one of them type of kids. <laughs> what do you do to a kid like that? You Man, can't touch him. You can't touch him, but so. that's, the best, that's the best option. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to try it one more time because clearly you don't know who you're messing with right now. I'm going to try it one more time. Right. Let's go. <laughs> Does he move? He don't move. Mind just boys, it's not like he in kindergarten. And it's in front of all the kids too. Yes, oh, it is gosh. not like he's in kindergarten stuff where it's like okay, it's kind of understandable because kindergartners are still you know young. This boy was like in fourth grade. Oh boy, he still ain't move. So to get him to move, I had to take his book bag and I had to put it to the seat I wanted him to move. And I said, "Take him be your last day. Let's go." He then gets up and he moves. I called the school to get the parent because I didn't have the number on me. I called to get his parent number. Just to, you know, I wasn't, I didn't really feel like calling on him. Because, you know, I like to give kids chances. I feel like, you know, they're still young. They're still going through that whole, they don't know any better kind of stuff. And who feel like talking to their parents? Yeah. So, <laughs> I just got the phone number. And so, we get to the we get to the um, pool. And I let every student off the bus. And he's the last one on the bus. I said, let's go. Where are we going? We're getting off the bus. Did you say I can't go to the pool? Let's go. Because you clearly still don't know who you who you talking to. It's like, I don't. 
I'm like, well, let me introduce myself then. I'm Mr. Hodge, and that's who I am. You're not going to try me like that. And he gets off the bus laughing. So we get to the pool, and I had him. Sit. I would have kicked him down the steps. <laughs> <laughs> he got he to gotta fall down the last step. We get to the pool. I had him sitting down, and I said, let me know you're ready to apologize. Like, apologize for what? I said, you don't think you did anything wrong on the bus? So he's just sitting there quiet. I said, so let me know you're still ready to apologize. All of a sudden, I look over, and I see tears running down his eyes. I'm like, okay, now I broke him. I said, what are you crying about? No response back. I'm like, okay, go to the bathroom and wash your face, come back out. He go to the bathroom, he wash his face, he come back out. I'm like, okay, so you want to say what you cry? Are you ready? No, I said, you want to say what you're crying about now? He's quiet. I said, oh, so you're ready to apologize? He was like, I'm sorry. I said, sorry for what? He just get quiet. I'm like, okay, so let me tell you this. You was not in trouble. You were not in trouble because of you were touching something. You got in trouble because you didn't move when I tell you to move. I said on the bus, when I asked who was touching whatever and everybody pointed at you, wasn't you arguing back with them saying, no, it wasn't you? Yes. Okay. So I told you to move your seat to refrain from all the arguing that was going on because it wouldn't have gotten anywhere. So do you understand what you did wrong? Yes. Okay. So are you okay? Yes, I'm okay. All right. So that's all you had to do in the beginning. Next time an adult talks to you, do what you need to do so that you will refrain from being in the situation that you're in now. So Agreed. that happened. Um, he got back to being happy and he went by this business. So that's the story of the day that happened with me. Very long and drawn out. But yeah, mm. well, shout out to you to deal with that headache because I already know how those hard headed kids can be. But then again, I get some type of satisfaction from stuff like that because you know i like to mentor i like to talk i like to get these people a chance especially these knuckle-headed boys and yeah of course but you know, even with them even the great people patience were thin now let's get into today's topic today's topic is all about men's health um i was doing some googling some research and just to see like you know what the month of june entails like what type of awarenesses of what's going on in the month of june and one of the awarenesses was men health, men's health. And I don't know the exact week it was, but I know it was in the month of June. So we're going to okay. talk about men's health. In and the last week of June. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said we're in the last week of June. Well, we still can talk about it. Of so course. men's health. Let's talk about the importance of health in general. And I mean, we're going to gear it towards men's health. Since yeah. men's health. So physical health. When it comes to physical health, a lot of men... They don't take it as serious as they should. And I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say we. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't take it as serious as we should. Um, You know, sometimes we may, let's say, for example, we may have a pain in our chest. And as a man and how we're supposed to be so tough, it's like, okay, it's just a pain. It's going to go away soon anyways. I'm not going to pay no mind. Mm -hmm. And then that pain goes away. And we're like, okay, we're fine. Two days later, pain happens again. It's like, okay, this happened to me two days ago. Like, I know it's going to go away. Like, I don't have to do anything. And then it goes away. Um, a month later, the pain comes back, and then it's like, same thing. And then by the time we go check on it, it may be too late. You know, maybe something that had we had went to attend to it the first time we experienced it, it wouldn't have gotten so far to what it was. Yeah. Like today, uh, there's I've noticed I was like bending my knees a little bit. There's this click in my left knee. That's not right. I know that's not right. And I did it with my right knee. Everything's fine. It went smooth. Went to my left knee again, felt the click. That doesn't feel right, but I'm not going to get it checked in. Why? 
Because I don't have time to go to no doctor. I got stuff to do. I got to work. got stuff to do. So are you saying, and I'm not even trying to put on an actual question. Are you saying that work and stuff to do is more important than your health? Because mm. you got to think of it like that. True. I don't know. I just don't think it's that bad because, I mean, I do things pretty well with my knee. I don't know. But you never know. That's the point. And the thing is, I told myself that I'm going to start taking my health more serious because I'm the type of person, like, I just... I was so anti going to the doctor. Like I was just so, I don't know. I was just so like, if nothing doesn't, if my body seems like it's working right and I don't see nothing wrong with, you know, I don't sweat, like experience any like, okay, symptoms and anything. It's like, why would I go? That's yeah. how I be feeling. And That's it's like, and it's like, it's crazy though, because when you think about it, you don't experience symptoms for everything. I went to the doctor just for a checkup and they told me that my calcium was high. I would have never known if I went, never went to the doctor. I have a friend who has high cholesterol. He would have never known if he never went to the doctor. Those are some things that we don't really experience symptoms for if you don't go to the doctor. And then sometimes we get so like, you know, we don't check on it and we feel like everything's okay. And by the time we go check on it, it may be too late. I agree. But uh, I don't know. Right now, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't I don't know. It doesn't feel, I don't know. It doesn't feel normal. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't think it's a big deal. But, you know, one day I do. I will go to the doctor, do what I need to do. I get myself together. Like the other day I went to the doctor for the first time in like over a year. And I was very like, I told her everything. Like she asked me, um, do I have any health concerns? I told her I have a headache almost every day because I do. I don't know. I mean, when I was younger, they said that it's because my sinuses and my sinuses in my upper nostrils um, it was congested to the point that it affects my head and give me headaches. That's what they told me when I was younger. So I always assumed that's what it was every time I had a headache. But <laughs> went to the doctor this time. I told her I have headaches. I told her I can't sleep at night. Sometimes I toss and turn. Um, Sounds like a heartbreak. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and I think because the fact of I take naps, you know, I take my naps after work. So it's like taking a nap and then trying to sleep at night is like you already slept for the day. So it's like, and my naps don't be like the 30 minute hour naps. They'd be like four hours. So it's like, yeah, it could be that. Um, I envy you, though. With my naps? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Four hours of it, too? Wow. That um, was great. What else I told her? I told her about the whole high calcium thing, too, from the past. Um, and I think that's it, because that was all my concerns. And then you remember when I said my blood pressure, when I was freaking out, because when I went to Publix and checked my blood pressure day. Yeah. Yeah. The same day I told you, you probably was overreacting anyway. I, I'm sure it was high that day. Because okay. blood pressure, I learned that blood pressure is something that fluctuates. So that day it probably was high. But when I went to the doctor, it really wasn't. So, yeah, I told her about that. And, um, yeah. I'm sure you just shifted the wrong way and the okay. machine just misread okay. what it was I'm glad to... you know what was going on in my head. I knew head. exactly what was going on. I'm glad you know what was going I on did. in my body. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. And to be honest, I'm going to be quite honest. I'm going to be, since this is mental stimulation, the goal of this to be honest and open i had a fear of going to the doctor like i really have a fear of going to the well not anymore you don't want to hear the truth exactly you don't want to hear (laughs) something bad like you don't want to go to the doctor and say okay well damn it today's that day we have some bad news um we found that you have this or you have that you don't want to hear that so i really had a fear (laughs) of that and it took one courageous individual a friend of mine he said, wouldn't you rather want to know that early on before it becomes too late and then you can't do nothing about it? And it's like, dang, you really said like a mouthful just now. And that made me want to go to the doctor. 
Like that really made me want to take my health much more serious. Which you should. I agree. But yeah, that's what it was. Um, do you have any fears when it comes to that? The doctor? Yeah. Yeah, I always fear there's a shot that I'm going to have to take because I don't like needles. I have a phobia of needles. I don't like them in my flesh. Can't stand it ever since I was a child. And I honestly think, and I'm not even trying to be funny because I think about this before you actually came here. I was thinking about how I have a fear of needles too, but I think my fear of needles was brought about because of you saying that you had a fear of needles. It made me think about uh-huh. me and needles. No, for real, because I remember we were sitting in Mr. Palmer class in eighth grade. And you said that. Who remembers that part? You, we was talking about something, but you were saying you're afraid of needles. And it makes me think about when I go draw blood and stuff. Like, I don't like drawing blood. Like, I had to do blood work the other day. I hate drawing blood. And it could be one of two reasons. Reason one, because the fact that you said you're scared of needles and made me think about, dang, like, needles are scary, da da da. <laughs> or it could be thing two, where it was a situation when I went to um, draw blood when I was like maybe in fourth grade. And. The phlebotomist, she put the needle in my vein. Nothing was coming out. She pushed it deeper. Nothing was coming out. She just kept it pushing deep and deep and deep. And it's like, that oh, shit hurt. Those are the worst. Yeah, it hurt. So it's like, since then, I just had this fear of needles. And I and I feel like that area, they, they put the needle in to get the blood. I feel like that's such a tender area. Yeah. And I hate that area. Like, if it was something where like they had to take it out the top of my arm or something like that, that would be easier because all that... Like, it's not as sensitive as that area. Exactly. I hate that. And, and it's worse when you have to go to the ER and they have those damn interns on you. No, I need a professional yeah. who's done this for years. No. Because you're not just sticking any needle in me by anybody. And as crazy as it sounds, that's like, anytime I go get blood drawn, I don't even look. Like, I close my eyes and I turn my head the other way because I hate, I hate the feeling. I hate looking at it. I just hate all that stuff. Like, God forbid I ever have to go, to, go do surgery because I don't know how... Like, I don't know how I would react. Like, I, I thought about that, too. Like, I really hope I don't have to go through no serious surgery. Like, one of those, like, body-changing-ass surgeries. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how I'd take that. Like, I remember the time my mom had a, um, she swallowed a fish bone. And me personally, <laughs> and I'm laughing because it's crazy. Because me personally, that fish bone would have to stay in my throat until something happens. Because <laughs> I would, they had to put her to sleep to do the surgery to get it out of her throat like they had to put the um the anesthesia in her arm through like an iv wow yes to put her to sleep to do it and it's like i already hate drawing blood so y'all gonna put something in my vein in which i probably can't turn my head and close my eyes how i want to because i have to lay on my back to fall asleep so it's like oh it's just crazy it's just scary Mm. all that stuff be scary to me Mm. um i know in my life um i only had one surgery um, when I was, cause I had a hernia or something like that, and they had to cut the top, the bottom of my stomach. Um, but I was a baby, so I don't. Of course, I don't remember it. But hmm. as of the twenty-seven years of my life that I can recall, I've never had surgery. Wow. Yeah. Have you ever had surgery? No. Only thing I've had to do, uh, done to me was like my, my, I had to get my tongue sewn back together. Mm-hmm. When I used to play football and I got my tongue split in half. Yeah. Sorry, listeners, if you grossed out. But uh, yeah, that happened in high school. I don't think there's <laughs> any that I could recall. I mean, the most I can recall is one time I had chest pain when I was younger and they had to put the IV in my hand. I don't know why they had to put IV in my hand. It didn't ha- they wasn't they didn't connect it to anything. They just put it in my hand, my arm, sorry, my arm. And yeah, I had to do EKGs. I think that's what it's called chest x-rays and all that other stuff for them to then tell me oh it's just acid in your chest so y'all had to do all that just to 
I don't know. I don't know how that medical stuff work. I'm just a patient. Uh, they just numbed my tongue and sewed it, sewed it back together while I was sitting there watching them do it. I would even that hate was crazy. to do that. <clears throat> it was. That was a crazy day. But uh, I don't know. I, I have this weird type of way of dealing with things like that. <laughs> like, I could just literally just sit through it. But that is not the topic. The topic of the day is men's mental health. Not mental health. Men's health. Men's health. Oh. And that entails- I mean, mental, that's health. It's I know that's the next health we're going to talk about. So thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> Let's welcome, talk about sir. men and mental See, health. See, I was talking about the next topic. Men, <laughs> men <laughs> and mental health. As a black man, a lot of the times we are so against therapy or we ignore the fact that we may have some type of mental illness or some type of mental issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wish that people, you know, try to recognize it accept it and go get help for it because i'm gonna even use the guy i don't know his name but he's from the the um exonerated five i was watching the interview with oprah what they did i don't i i don't remember which one it was i know how he looked but i remember his name the uh not the young the bald man. one the bald cocky one talking about from the central park five yes. that, that movie yeah the bald cocky one the one who dad told him to lie Oh, um, you're talking, his name is, um, Antron. Okay. Antron. I feel like, I really felt his pain when he was on, um, the Oprah interview thing. Like, I kind of even got teary out a bit because, like, he said that he still, he still hasn't forgiven his dad for telling him the lie. Yeah. He said he felt like his dad was a coward for that. And then he said that he, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he then said something about he's not, he hasn't healed from that situation that happened pretty much. And he was saying, like. Um, you know, it just took a lot of his life. Like that was a lot of his life that was taken away from it. He yeah. can't get back. And he was saying like his mom died recently and it's like he lost his mom and that's all he had. And Oprah was asking like, would he ever go get seek therapy or have he ever went to seek help? He said, no, he was like, he does things that, um, you know, he ride his bike, he plays soccer. I think he said he does things to like, you know, get his mind off of it. Yeah. But sometimes to me, Sometimes it's yes, you can do that, but sometimes it's best if you let all that stuff out and just speak about it to someone, write about it, do something like because I feel like you know, we keep things bottled up, it doesn't help us at all. It's like you know, we may have something so bottled up inside of us that when we finally explode, we may not do it in a productive way, you might do it in such a negative way or a harmful way that it can put us in like a you know, a deeper hole. Mm-hmm. But some people just need that extra push because I'm I'm sure with him, the fact that you lost so many years of your life behind uh, bars, you know, due to a crime that you didn't do, all the coping he knows is just deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. that's the um type of you know teaching that we have, especially as black men, deal with it. That's that's what we're taught because going through uh even driving down the street, you know. If a policeman pulling up behind you, you're going to be scared as hell just to be a black man. But guess what? You have to just deal with it. You know why? Because that's the the target you have as a black man. I don't know why. As soon as you're born, that's your first strike against you, being black. And then being a black man. I don't, I, I'm not even going to speak on the sisters. When you're a black woman, that's even worse. I think that's worse than being a black man. But, um, you know, it's sad that we live in a world that... You have to live like that. And even back then in the 80s, they didn't know their rights. 
Mm-hmm. That goes on today. Some people don't know their rights, and, and some people know, still get caught up like that. And I can be honest right here. I really don't know all my rights. I always say I want to sit down and learn them, but I really don't know them. And I'm exactly. not. I mean, in high school, we took American government, but you know what that class. You, you and know that how and that right there is another reason why black men we get caught up in the system, or we get caught up in our own, you know, mental uh, illness because we don't have the resources. No mm-hmm. one's teaching us nothing. Right. People, somebody didn't go to that man uh, before Mr. Antron, and no one went to him before him like, hey, maybe you should think about therapy. Yeah. No one said that until he probably got on Oprah. Yeah, true. So, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes it just takes a little extra push, especially for us black men, because we stubborn as hell. Mm-hmm. I'm, gonna get, I'm just spade a spade. We're stubborn. And that's a lot of our problems sometimes. You know, we got to be more willing to listen. We don't like to listen to black men sometimes. I do mean we. You know, sometimes we just got to shut up and listen. There's somebody that cares about us out there. There's yeah. people that care about us. True. And then, you know, sometimes people, as far as mental health, people take the wrong routes to cope with it. Oh, yeah. Like, at least he, at least Anton is taking the, you know, a, pos- a more positive approach. Like he said, he rides yeah. his bike, he plays sports, he do this, that. But, you know, some people, the people, let's talk about substances and substance abuse and stuff like that. Some people lean on substances and... um you know, they become dependent on it. Oh, yeah. Thinking that's going to solve the issue. I remember I had this one student. It is only temporary. I only, I had this, I said only. <laughs> I had this one student and he was a pothead. He liked to smoke weed, he said. Hmm. Um, And yeah, I asked him why. I asked him why. He said, it just helps. He said, I don't understand what his, life's go- what his life is like. It just helps him out. And I remember one time he ended up in the hospital because of it. He came to school one day and I was like, why you didn't come to school? Why are you out of school? He said, oh, I came to show you something. He pulled out his book bag, a hospital report, and it was like, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I know it was something dealing with, I guess, paranoia and all this stuff because of marijuana. And he was saying, like, he feel like somebody put something in his weed, and that's why he was tripping the way how he was, and they had to um, inject something inside him to get it out of his system, something he told me. Mm-hmm. And I used this reference with him. I'm going to always use this reference. I said, okay, look at my board. Imagine my board being all your problems, right? He said, yeah. I then pull down my um, transparent screen where you project the stuff up when you want to project something to the class. And I said, this is the marijuana. I said, can you still see the board? He's like, yeah, I can still see it. I said, exactly. You can't, you can still see it, but something is in between it, right? He was like, yeah, I said, that's exactly what weed is. It's blocking out your problems. That's what the high is doing. So now when I pull this up, I pulled up, I said, now your high is gone. What's there? The board. Exactly. Your problems are still there. So in order for you to, you know, get to a better mental space, you have to eliminate the weed and try to focus on the problem problem. Mm -hmm. because it's always going to be there. It's just an escape mechanism and a temporary escape mechanism at that. And listen, that escape feel good as hell. I'm just going to call it like that's just what it is. It feels good as hell, but it's not always the best. It's really not. It's really not because it's (laughs) like you say, you still have that problem. You can go to sleep mad as hell, drunk as hell, high as hell, full as hell, whatever. When you wake up tomorrow, that problem is still there. Mm-hmm. Anything else on mental health? Um, with mental health, uh, like I said, um, <clears throat> not only should uh, we we need to be more willing, not just black men, men in general. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be more willing to speak. You know, it's not always just listening. I'm glad that young man came to you and said something, you know, because sometimes we might hear what's right, but you ain't really feeling it. 
until that person comes along and actually says something. So you got to speak up. Let people know you have a problem. Let people know that you're hurting, too, because I feel like as men, we try to hold back our emotions because in society, we're supposed to be these tough individuals. Oh, yeah. So let people know you're hurting. Like You can't be helped if you don't tell someone how you're feeling. You hiding all this stuff and holding back. It's not going to help you out. And that even goes with our relationships, men. Just let these women sometimes listen. I tell women straight up if I don't, if I'm not feeling it, I'm this is not what I'm looking for. This is not what I, I tell them straight up. Everybody doesn't understand the way you want them to or need them to, of course. But I avoid a whole bunch of list of problems, especially uh, pregnancy <laughs> and uh, child support and things like that, because I'm just honest in the beginning. Just let them know straight up, like you know. And now I don't have to deal with that headache of some lady you know trying to hit me up or just crazy calling me all the time just be speak up speak up be honest let people know there's a problem or there's probably not a problem well i think that's it is there anything else you would like to add as far as men's health health uh men don't be afraid to say you got a problem or you need help it's always important and don't be afraid to go to the doctor and get your checkups Please take your health serious. Yeah, mental stimulation. We uh actually went and got uh our test and everything's negative on both sides. And not only that, <laughs> and not only that, I would I, I want to say this. Always remember your body is not like a car. If an engine of a car goes bad, yes it's going to be expensive but you can replace it. Yeah. Your body, something on your body goes bad, Especially like something that cannot be replaced or something that's going to, yeah. you know, that's risky. Heart, liver, kidney, there lungs, you go. things like that. Yeah, You only get one. You only get one life at that. Drink water. Take Drink care of, water. of your body, your mind, and your spirit. And that's all I have to say. Till next time. Thanks for listening, people. As always. Another episode of Mental Stimulation, man. Follow us on Instagram at Mental Stimulation. I think there's like an underscore at the end. Mental Stim underscore. Mental Stim underscore. There you go. Podcast. Mental Stimulation Podcast is the My other bad. one. It's, I was wrong. It's two of them. But yeah. Thank you, people. <laughs>